This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 5th, 2020. All in a day's work, a miraculous catch. Well, good morning, Connection Church. We are so happy to have our friends here in the sanctuary, and we are thrilled to see you online. Thank you so much for joining us. We are one church, many locations. Many, many locations. Many locations. Barry, I forgot my camera because I was going to take a picture of this momentous occasion. I got one here. Oh, we got that. Okay. All righty. I want to... uh, What's your password? Okay, thank you. All right. Her fingerprint doesn't match mine. You'd think by now it would. Okay. Um, Alan, can you... This is awkward. Can you bring this up for me? Okay. All right. I am going to... Every camera person needs an assistant, right? Everybody smile behind your masks. Here we go. All right. I'm going to do it this way, too, because I never want to forget what this feels like. Okay. There you go. And you on camera, smile behind that at home. Thank you. That was a good smile. I know. I know. So here we go. Here we go. Oh, thank you, everybody. I know this is uncomfortable. It's not fun, but thanks for keeping your masks on Mm. so that we can keep worshiping Just a little note with that, though. With the masks, it's hard to, you know, we're used to seeing, like, expressions and all. So if something really connects with you, give me a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up. If I say, if we say, probably me, if I say something funny, don't let me keep saying dumb things that aren't funny. Let me have a thumbs up if it works with you. You know what I mean? So if we have a connect, because I can't see that. Does that mean it goes like that if it's not funny? Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, if it's just totally offensive and makes you want to walk out, yeah, turn it down. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, today we start a new series that's called All in a Day's Work, which we're going to focus on four of uh, Jesus' miracles that we find in the book of Luke in the New Testament. So my name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we could gather in worship, in person, or online. We pray a blessing over each household represented. And God, settle us in right where we are. Remove any distractions so that we might be changed and transformed by your word found in Scripture, your word that is alive. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So our miracle of today is found. I love this one. It's Luke chapter 5, and we're looking at verses 1 through 11, and we're going to take it in bits and pieces. So here it is, Luke 5, verses 1 through 3. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Okay, so it starts out one day. Not a particular day, not, you know, doesn't focus on which, but just one day is how we start with this. Uh, And it's early in Jesus' ministry, fairly early. Up to this point, he's been pretty much speaking in the synagogues or 
the Jewish church of the time, so to speak. And in fact, the verse just prior to this, the end of chapter 4, we're told that he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. But here, starting in chapter 5, Jesus is starting to go outside the building, out to the people. He's meeting them where they are rather than waiting for them to come to him. We're reminded of John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism. He was an Anglican priest, mid-1700s, I think, in England. He was an Anglican priest his whole life. The Anglican church was kind of high and mighty. He went out in the field, and the coal miners who weren't really welcomed in the church, he would meet them right where they were on their way to work, offering them Christ. That was his byline, offering them Christ. So he took the good news right to the people, literally where they were, and he was just following what he had seen Jesus do hundreds of years before here in Luke 5. And so chapter 5 begins with Jesus standing by the lake, Lake Genesaret. Now this body of water is known by a couple different names you might be familiar with. It's also called Sea of Galilee. Anybody heard of Sea of Galilee? Yep, okay. And also the Sea of Tiberias or the Lake Tiberias. It's interesting to note that this is not just any old body of water. I mean, this is like a really big body of water. It is the lowest freshwater lake on earth at around 700 feet below sea level. It's 13 miles long. It's eight miles wide and is 141 feet deep at its lowest point. So that's one big honking lake. You don't hear her say that much. It must have really Thank been you, a Beth. big body of water. There you go. Anyway, so Jesus is on the edge of this body of water. As the crowd is coming near him, they're starting to crowd him a little bit, kind of pushing him to the edge. As he's getting larger and larger, pushing him closer and closer, he sees two boats. He gets in one of those and asks Simon, who we also know as Peter, he asks Simon to pull out from shore. And so from this floating pulpit, Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, the master, then teaches the people who are crowding on the shore. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for the catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. I'm sure Simon was pretty exhausted from fishing all night and especially from fishing and catching nothing. If you fish... Aren't you more exhausted when you catch nothing than when you catch, am I getting an amen there behind that mask? Yeah, Charlie. And so I'm sure his first thought when Jesus says go out and it's like, oh my goodness, what are you, an idiot? Um, what are you, crazy? I wouldn't say idiot with Jesus. What are you, crazy? <laughs> um, told him to go into the deep water and drop their nets. Gosh, I'm sure he wanted to just go home, take a nap, and forget about fishing for a while. But he listened to Jesus. And, and he did what Jesus said. And the reason he did it, we're told here simply, is because it's what Jesus told him to do. You know, at this point, we don't know what he knows about Jesus. Maybe he's heard about him. Maybe he's seen him. He's certainly not one of his disciples at this point. He's not a close follower of Jesus. And yet, and yet he does what Jesus tells him to do, pure and simple. 
That's a good lesson for us, isn't it? It's a very good lesson for us to do what Jesus tells us to do, just to, to be obedient and to do it, and things are going to be good. It's not really complicated. It's a simple formula. Jesus tells us we listen and do. Simple. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish that their nets began, such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Can you imagine? It's a lot of fish. Oh my goodness. So Simon is not alone because the pronoun earlier that we used, it said we, and the one that they use here is they. So the only name that we're given at this point is the name of Simon, but chances are that there are others with them because we can see that from Scripture, and it probably is his brother Andrew. He's mentioned by names in similar stories in the other um, Gospels of Matthew and Mark. So we know that uh, Simon is not alone. Mm. That's a lot of fish. Charlie, you ever catch so many that your boat started to sink? That's a lot of fish, man. No, no. <laughs> so they fished all night, didn't catch anything. They go back out in the morning, generally because Jesus told them to. I'm sure they're not thinking they're going to catch anything, you think? I mean, they're going right back out where they just were all night. But because Jesus told them, they did. In other words, they were being, as we said before, obedient. I'll bet they were pretty surprised when they pull their nets up and they're filled to overflowing, filled to breaking because there's so many sinking, fish. Yes. Huh? The boat sinking. Well, not, and, then, yeah. and then the boat, and, and you know, because um, they'd come up empty after all night. And, you know, we're not told how Jesus knew where the fish were. You know, maybe he's got sonar, you know, and, you know, and he can see through the water. Maybe he, well, there's no maybe. I mean, he, Jesus is God, so he's maybe fishing, brought them all together. We, we're not told, are we? Because we don't need to know, do we? If we needed to know, the scripture would tell us. We don't need to know how he did it. All we need to know is that he did do it. It's kind of like here at church. I know a little bit about computer, but it's probably about that much. So if I have a problem on my computer, I don't need to know computers. All I need to know is Barry. All I need to know is Barry, and I've got it covered. Thanks, Barry. He's going, oh, great, another computer problem. Anyway, see, and so same thing with Jesus, with us. We don't need to know how he does it. All we need to know that is that he does and, and, and that he's there. We just need to know Jesus. He brings us bounty, doesn't he, even when our nets are empty. He brings, us, he brings us hope when we're all but hopeless. He brings us life when we're feeling pretty lifeless. He fills our empty nets. And we don't know how to, need to know how Jesus does it. All we need to know is that he does. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we call this one of the miracles of Jesus because it goes beyond the everyday. It's supernatural. It's like Wow, going beyond the laws of nature. We call it a miraculous catch, but for Jesus, it's all in a day's work. All in a day's work, because for Jesus, this is who he is. This is what he does. 
His ordinary is our extraordinary. His ordinary is doing the extraordinary. It's funny how surprised we are when Jesus does what Jesus does, when Jesus just is being himself, doing what for him is all in a day's work. And so back to the story, these nets were not just filled. They were filled to overflowing. They were filled to the point of breaking, to the point where Simon and probably his brother Andrew, doesn't say, but he, they kind of traveled in a pair, and maybe some other guys needed to call their partners in the other boat. I guess the other boat went back out. James and John, you've heard of them, right? They became disciples too. James and John, they get them over there too. And so many fish on board, the, the boats are starting to sink. We have a special word for that here at Connection. It's called a hokoff, an H-O-C-O-F. That's a honking outrageous catch of fish. Say hokoff. I couldn't hear you. Okay, that's an important thing to remember. You will be tested on it. You at home too. We got you. Okay, hokoff. Go ahead. Carrie wouldn't have said that. I, I would not it. have said that. Yeah. But anyway, we are reminded that God <clears throat> can do anything. God is the God of the cosmos, the God of creation, the God who breathed life into you, into you, into all of us. God is not a God of scarcity. God is a God of abundance. God goes way beyond our imagination. Just think about stars on that clear night when we can look up in the sky and, and we see stars and it's not just hundreds or thousands, but millions upon millions. And we're told that they're all different. God creates just with a breath a variety of trees and birds and fish and insects, millions of insects. Not sure why about insects, but wow. Anyway, our God is not a God of scarcity. Our God is a God of variety and abundance. Mm. And he doesn't just fill our nets but he overflows our nets with fish. He overflows our nets with love, abundant love, unconditional love, love that is absolutely beyond measure. <clears throat> Such a great love that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have life forever and ever in eternity. That is the God of abundance. Mm. Luke 5, 8 through 10a. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that he had taken. And so were James and John, the the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. At this point, Simon realizes that he's in the presence not just of uh, someone who can perform miracles, but he's in the presence of the divine, the holy. He refers to Jesus earlier as master, but here he refers to him as Lord, and then recognizes his own sinful nature. 
It's important for each of us to do this as well. Before we can truly recognize Jesus as Lord, we must recognize our own sinful nature as well. We, we don't need a Lord, we don't need a Savior if we're not sinners, do we? If we don't have something that needs saving. But we are sinners, aren't we? Each and every one of us. Uh, scripture tells us that. And so we have sin. And it's really difficult, just like it was for Peter, to be in Christ's presence, knowing that he's perfect. He's God in, in the flesh, and we are, are sinners. But, but just like with, with um, God, if God found Adam and Eve in the garden, and he clothed their nakedness after their sin, so too Jesus did not leave Simon in the boat. He didn't just leave him in the boat, nor does Jesus leave you or me in our sin. No. He meets us right where we are, sin and all, and, and, and then he takes us from there, and he offers us forgiveness, offers us salvation, offers us redemption, redemption, paying, paying a price for that sin that we can't pay, that only he could pay. And he does that. Wow. Wow. Finishing up Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Here's the last part. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Wow. So when this story started at the beginning of Luke, Jesus was just meeting them at their point of need. They needed to catch some fish. He joins each one of us in our everyday as well. This is, this is one of the takeaways, that Jesus cares so deeply for the little things in your life and for the big things, and meets us not only in a spiritual way, but a very practical way by his provision. We read in the book of John, actually Jesus' first miracle was when he changed water into wine. It was a situation at a wedding where, where the dad, the host of the wedding, ran out, and it would have been an incredible embarrassment, a faux pas. And so Jesus cared that he would not be embarrassed and provided for, for the guests. Jesus cares about every detail of your lives. Every part of every day, every second, and every moment, Jesus cares. Cares about the every day. Wine at a wedding, fish for some fishermen, whatever your every day is, Jesus cares about it. But ultimately, he cares not just about our everyday, but he cares about our eternal. He cares about our eternal, your eternity and mine. He wants to be with us forever. And he showed this with his very life, very life. And so he gives us the opportunity to join him uh, in some eternal type activities. Uh, uh, gives us the opportunity to join him in kingdom work and in carrying out his the work that he started, handed over the disciples, and been being handed over ever since. That's what happened with James and John. I mean, 
Peter and Andrew, and then James and John, their partners. After that miraculous catch, he, he gave them the opportunity to do some new kind of fishing in the future, some fishing for people. And the incredible part is they took him up on it. You think, what's so incredible about that? Well, because in a moment, they walked away from basically everything <clears throat> they knew. I mean, this wasn't just a hobby. They, they weren't just hobby fishermen. They weren't just going out, you know. This was their livelihood. In fact, it, they, as it said, they, their partners, this was a company. You know, Simon, Andrew, James, and John Fishing Incorporated. I mean, this is their business. This is their life. This is everything for them. And, 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 and we're told that they just basically walked away from it, stepped away from, from the old life and walked into a new life with this guy named Jesus. Wow. Wow. And so for most of us, there is something that we may need to walk away from, something that we need to let go of, something that we need to leave behind in order to fully follow Jesus. <laughs> for us, it was our careers. <laughs> we thought we went to school for, we were trained for, and God asked us to walk away from what we thought our life would look like. And I've told my story many times. I did not want to walk away and struggled and still do some days because I really lament the, the call that I had on my life, but that wasn't what God had for me. And so out of obedience, I dropped that net, not because I was doing the happy dance, but I am doing <laughs> happy dance now to see all of you and to be able to share the word of God every day. What is it? Because we each have something. It might not be a career, but it could be some kind of a, a habit or a hang-up that keeps us separated from God. It could even be something like a hobby that we spend too much time doing instead of devoting ourselves in one way or another. We might be addicted to social media or to TV instead of taking time to open up our Bibles. What is it that, that you need to let go of? What is it that, that needs to go, a, a fetish, a focus? We all have a choice, and every day we need to wake up and make a commitment to choose one thing or another, one thing or another. And so the question for each one of us, and we ask ourselves this as well, what is it that we need to, to drop in order to fully follow Jesus, to have Jesus as number one in our lives. And so we encourage you right here at 4744 Summit Bridge Road and those of you who are watching in your homes or wherever you are, what is it? What is it that, that you need to release to God in order to follow Jesus even more or maybe for the first time? What is it? What is it? Prayerfully ask God what it is. And in fact, in just a few moments, 
we will have Holy Communion. So those of you on the other side, be sure to get um, some bread or crackers and juice so that you can share in Holy Communion with us. Jesus loves you beyond measure and will never take you somewhere that is not right for your life. And so it is so safe to drop our nets and follow because the alternative doesn't work. Luke 5, go home and read it, take it in, because it's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to share such a, a meaningful, well, it's all meaningful, but this miracle is just so cool in Luke chapter 5 where the catch was so miraculous, but it was really all in a day's work for Jesus and how Jesus wants to take each one of our lives, our ordinary lives, but make it extraordinary when, when we walk with him. Lord, help us, help us reflect you in all that we do and all that we say and help us release those things that we need to so that we can embrace you even more. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.